0: Enduring generations of pain and suffering, their veins run brownish green like the waters of the Cuyahoga, in a constant search for a new team to root for, but something keeps
1: drawing them back. This is Cleveland. Don't mess it up. Welcome back. It's a dreary day here at Teal Panda Studios. A dreary wow. day or a depressed day? Okay. Which one would it be, Brent?
0: Well, it's <laughs> kind of hard to tell. Still realizing,
1: really. agonizing Cleveland Sports Weekend. Still agonizing. really. Yep. Today is uh,
0: September 14th, 2020, and <laughs> I got to get my head right. <laughs> we are depressed this morning, Cleveland sports fans. We are depressed. I don't even know where to begin with <laughs> not even not even what happened yesterday. Uh, How about what's happened this past week? <laughs> Are you been, kidding me? It's been misery. What a what a Cleveland uh-huh. week to have.
1: Yeah, so let's start with the Browns. Let's just do it. Let's just get it out of our system. Listen. Listen. I know we were all excited uh you know the NFL season starting again. You know, if you're listening to this show, you're a Browns fan. So let's face it, you you had some expectations going into this weekend of a Browns team that was going to be better than the product you saw in the field last year. They were going to be better. And that did not happen yesterday. It did not happen. So, Brent, you want to get started or do you want me to? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I can do it. I can do this. If you, if you want, I know yeah, you don't seem right this morning for some reason. You seem like we have to, uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just talk through this. Let's yeah. just talk through this, Brent. Let's go just ahead. see what happens. Here. All right. Cleveland fans. All right. <clears throat> Let's kind of review this, this game yesterday. So we were, we were carved up, um, by the Ravens yesterday. Uh, we did not look good. Offense, defense, special teams, um, mistakes all around, um, we did not look very focused on the field, was not high energy. Uh, again, you can, you can blame the, uh, a lot of, I think a lot of the reporters after the game doing interviews with our players kind of were trying to make excuses for our players. Um, there seems to be a pity party going on, uh, throughout the league. I say we throw that out the window. No one got a chance to do preseason this year. You can't blame the Browns start on no preseason cuz guess what the Baltimore Ravens didn't get a preseason either and and seemed to be okay. Um you you can't blame it on uh the lack of fans in the stands. Uh you know, driving your energy level uh cuz guess what there were no fans in the stands for the Baltimore Ravens either. So you can't you can't do that. It actually hurts your home field advantage not having those fans. So that being said, uh, let's just kind of go through what I think the big problem well, is.
0: Real quick. Let's, let's, let's just run down some numbers from the game real quick. Okay. Yep. So yes, do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> obviously.
1: Do we really want to relive this? As okay.
0: everybody saw, the Baltimore Ravens beat the Cleveland Browns 38 to six. Okay. Um, we'll go over some numbers, some comparison numbers here. Um, Baltimore had a total of 377 yards to Cleveland's 306. Um, penalties were about even. Um, although the Browns tend to, tend to, uh, make stupid plays at stupid times, and the Ravens, <coughs> the Ravens' stupid plays come when it doesn't really matter. Um, Fourth down efficiency. Obviously, the Browns kind of struggled there. And we'll go over that in a little bit. Um, 168 yards passing from Baker as opposed to the 270 yards from
1: Jackson. I'm getting depressed. I told you. I told you. You really want to relive this. No, keep going. Keep
0: but going. I, will Fight say, through it. I will say this. Fight through it,
1: Browns fans.
0: I will say this. We outrushed. The mighty Baltimore Ravens rushing attack, one thirty-eight to one hundred seven, led by Kareem Hunt. By the way, thirteen carries.
1: Yeah, and what's the deal, Does Chubb hurt. I I don't think 60 so. Sixty yards on six carries, and then didn't touch the ball again. Yeah. I mean, what? I'm not sure what's happening there. Six, it, we're, we're ten yards a carry. I mean, what are we what are we talking about? And not strange. touching the ball.
0: A little strange, but he looked great. They both looked great. They ran hard. Not enough touches, but you're right. No, definitely not enough touches. Um, We actually beat them in time of possession, um, 30 minutes and 2 seconds to 29 minutes and 58 seconds. We just weren't very productive with our possessions. We're not productive with our possessions. I think five of those minutes were on the drive that we went third and 41 That's beside the point. Um, 21st downs to 23 first downs. Not bad. Um, Yeah. So that's where we are.
1: Okay. So can I go now? Now that you've depressed us all. Go for it. All right. So I just, here's the thing. I, I, I have this problem with Cleveland's philosophy right now with players, okay? So I think part of the problem is, number one, the lack of energy coming out when you've played as poorly as the Browns have played over the last few seasons, because what bothered me the most in the preseason, and I pointed this out on this show, was that there were 30 of the 56-man roster, okay, that we have right now, 30 of them were returning from a horribly underachieving team. Thirty players were returning. I, I have to tell you, at the end of last season, I right, there were very few players that I would have brought back for this year. Okay? Because so many of them had we had high expectations for and they underachieved. The problem I have with it was not only did we go out and pay a lot of money to some players (laughs) to stay, but we kept on the roster. A lot of the other players that had underachieved a lot of the role players that had underachieved, even as role players, they had underachieved. So 30 people had come back from a bit. Well, it seems as though the attitude has carried over. All right. That's what it seems like. I know it's game one. Um, Obviously again, and, and I'll make the excuses for them. New system, new offensive system, new defensive scheme, uh, you know, everyone learning that. But you can't blame like a bunch of new players or whatever the case may be. Yes, we do have some new key players, but 30 guys are returning from that roster. You would think that after you were embarrassed last year, the way you were embarrassed, okay, not making the playoffs after all the hype of the season that you would have a little bit of attitude coming back and you would want to turn this around 30 guys who were embarrassed last year, 30 professional football players with egos who were embarrassed last year, did not come out to turn things around and make a statement. We're not going to sit here and
0: tell you that the Browns should beat the Baltimore Ravens because I don't think that's the case. They I, I, they're not equipped to beat the Baltimore Ravens right now <coughs> Well, I, to go out and get embarrassed the way that they did yeah. and look
1: terrible. Have some pride, have some pride, some energy, some pride in your game, at least because teams that play with energy and pride don't lose like that. They just don't. Not in the NFL. Listen, our guys are good athletes. They're good players. They wouldn't be in the NFL if they weren't. The problem is yesterday, whatever they were doing mentally was not right for this game. They were not okay. So I don't know if that comes down to, again, they're all trying to think too much of the system. I'm making excuses for them. But the reality is they didn't play well at all. And I'm talking across the board here. So let's just go kind of through this. So here's one of the big things I have, and Brent can attest to this. We talk about it all the time the money that they pay players. Okay. And I understand Browns have money under the cap. They they, they do pretty good financial fiscal job, but I think <clears throat> some of the guys that make a lot of money on the Browns need to be held accountable. Okay. And I don't think we do a very good job, especially in the press. Um, and even the fans don't do a very good job. A lot of this is going to fall. A lot of this, what's going on here. You're going to hear Baker Mayfield's name come up about a thousand times. Well, just to put it in perspective here, folks, Uh, Baker Mayfield makes about $8 million a year. He's the 25th highest paid NFL quarterback. That means there's 24 other quarterbacks in the NFL that make more than Baker Mayfield.
0: And a few of them are backups.
1: Yes. Just throwing that one out there. Just so you know, he is not paid at like a top-notch quarterback in the NFL. He's, He's the 25th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And he handles... Now his third new offensive system in three years, and he has done nothing but answer questions in the press correctly every single time. Tries to do the right thing, blames himself. Um, yesterday was answered, asked questions about Odell Beckham and why can't they get it together, him and Odell Beckham get it together. And guess what? He blamed himself. Blamed himself (laughs) said I tried to target him. Um, You know, I I made some mistakes. I did. He blamed himself. Well, I got to tell you, I blame Odell Beckham. Let me tell you why. Because he did the same thing in New York. People, in case anyone's not watching football, Odell Beckham did the exact same thing in New York. And guess what? Odell Beckham makes 18 million dollars a year. 18 million. That's 10 million dollars more. And he's only involved in 10 plays a game. Tim Dacre Mayfield has to handle the entire offensive system, understand where everyone's got to be. You know what Odell Beckham has to do? How about run proper routes and get open and fight your guy and get open? And guess what? Here's Odell Beckham's stats for yesterday. Ten targets. They threw at him ten times. That's all he has to worry about every single game for eighteen million dollars. Design, design plays. Ten targets, two. Targeting him. Odell okay.
0: Beckham Jr., by the way.
1: He has three receptions out of that and two drop passes for 22 yards. That's eight. That's what $18 million got you. That's the effort. And guess what? And he cried and whined on the sideline like it was Baker Mayfield's fault that he didn't get the targets. And I got to tell you, there was some safety help over the top on him, but it was just they, manhand, they just were physical with him at the line of scrimmage and he didn't get open. And we got a couple penalties because we threw down the sideline and they held him and all that stuff. But they frustrated him the whole game. And guess what he did? He turned on his quarterback, turned on his teammates. I got to tell you, and and the press makes excuses for Odell Beckham. They tell you, oh, you know, he just wants to win. That's his whole thing. That's all he talks about is winning, winning, winning. No, listen, no matter what we do, if Odell Beckham doesn't go out and make a bunch of catches, if we won a game, he'd be the one he'd be still complaining. Because it's his ego. He's ego-driven. He makes $18 million a year. And quite frankly, for a guy who's only involved in a handful of plays a game, that he is way overpaid. And if I'm the Cleveland Browns right now, I don't need that cancer in the locker room. I need to move on. He's obviously not the threat for the last two seasons that we thought he was going to be. And I would cut his $18 million from the roster. And he's obviously He's obviously not even the
0: decoy. That we thought he could be. I mean, realistically, Marlon Humphrey shadowed him for the third game now.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And shut him down.
0: Shut him down. Shut him down. Shut him down. I don't they, care about the defensive penalties because even, we didn't and, capitalize. And
1: Baltimore doesn't care about the defensive penalties nope. either. No, they don't care not. Because they know, they know every time they
0: tug on Odell's jersey, he's gonna get a little more upset. That's right. He's getting in his own head.
1: Well, guess what? They're living rent free right now. And they got him. They got him. And and it just proved a veteran. He, he's not a young wide receiver anymore. He's a veteran. They, guys, the opinions have done that to him in the league before. They've been physical with him. They frustrated him. And guess what? It keeps working. It keeps working. He doesn't change because he's an ego-driven player. Listen, I, I love the Browns. You know I do. I, I defend them. If they want to keep Odell, that's great. If this coaching staff thinks his talent level, they they need it. Great, then keep them. But I got to tell you, you got to find a way to use them differently because you're wasting a lot of money on a guy who's not that productive. Baker Mayfield's best
0: season, his rookie year.
1: Was without Odell was Beckham. without Odell Just Beckham, so you know.
0: With Richard Higgins and with a terrible offensive line. Who, by the way, bought into the scheme that year. <laughs> and didn't give up a uh, quarterback uh, 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 <coughs> Baker Mayfield didn't have a hand laid on him for the last what seven games of the season, yeah, in a row. Yeah. And, and so they bought in, they bought in, and then you come back the next year with the same offensive line, and all of a sudden, it's a new system, and they're not buying in. And here see. we are, here we are with what's supposed to be the, the top tier offensive line. Okay, the top tier offensive line. And they still they
1: still can't seem to get it done. And now we have more injuries on the offensive line. So
0: there are well, some. Has yet to be confirmed. Yeah. Um, Jedrick Wills obviously comes off the field.
1: But again, I don't know that that hurts us, folks. Listen, <sighs> it's hard I, to he's, say. A, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. He struggled a little bit yesterday. Held his own, you know, somewhat. Um, we seem to be able to run block pretty well. Um, our offensive line did a pretty good job run blocking, as you can see by the We didn't have many runs, but the runs we did have were pretty productive. So, again, there's the bright side. There's something for us to focus on. Listen, we all thought, we talked about it on this show, You know, in the the preseason kind of talk we did on this show, we talked about the reason why they would keep five tight ends, the reason why they kept a fullback and the running backs that they kept. We thought they were going to come out and pound the ball, then play action pass to open wide receivers. I mean that's that was the goal, right? <laughs> Make their safeties come up and help and then let's beat them with a pass when you couldn't double team Odell over the top. Well, none of that happened yesterday. We didn't stick to that game plan um or maybe it wasn't the game plan. I don't know.
0: It's odd. It's odd when when you spend so much time talking about running the ball and we're going to pound the ball and we're going to line up in an I formation and we're going to do this and we're going to go old school and and that's Stefanski's offense yeah, supposedly.
1: And then you spread the field. And then we didn't do against, it. I mean, you spread the field against one of the top defenses in the yeah. NFL. And it's clear now, and it's even clearer now, that our offensive line, which is built with a, with run guys, okay? Our offensive yeah, line. Athletic, get out and run and, yeah. and block in the second level. They're better kind of at the run blocking than they are at pass blocking right now. So we need to stick to that game plan and really run the ball. I mean, the yards per game, yards per carry, those guys, they're all there. I mean, everything was there, but we didn't do it enough. We didn't play action pass enough. I mean, we didn't we didn't set up play action passes and screens with the things we were doing. So none of our downfield stuff worked because of that. I mean, it just didn't happen. So and I and I and here's the thing. I so the two bright sides are number one, our running game can be there. We know it's there. You can see it. The stats are there. The data is there. We could we can run the ball, uh, even against Baltimore. um, So that's the bright side. The coaching staff can go back to that. We can build off of that. We, you know, do things the right way. And here's the other thing. I think we do have a good coaching staff. I I really do. I think we do have a good. I think they're going to try to hold everyone accountable. I think they're going to try to do the right thing. Do they have all the right personnel? No, obviously they don't. Um, We got guys hurt. Young players that we thought were going to be helpful this year not going to be there. Uh, You know, they inherited. 30 guys from a horrible team last year that they're trying to turn their attitudes around so that, yeah, there's a lot going against them, but I think they're a good coaching staff. And I think they'll come out and make adjustments. I think they'll do that. I think they'll put the work in to make the adjustments and they'll try to hold everyone accountable. So that's the bright side. And
0: just for comparison's sake, um, let's, let's, let's talk about this Ravens offense. They, they are a spread the field, broken play. Run between the tackles, like constantly going to pound the ball. Lamar Jackson on a broken play is going to run for 15 yards, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Now they have two running backs that can go for 100 yards a game. Sure, Uh, it's just they have they have tight ends that can that are that are great blocking tight ends who are great in the run game, and then they beat you up. They're mismatch in your secondary. Yeah. Okay. So here's the problem though. We have all of that except a quarterback that can run, okay? We are set up to be pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, and then uh, a David Njoku, an Austin Hooper open across the middle. Yeah, we can We have that. We have the guys to do that. And the Ravens showed us
1: that. And we fell for they're it. They're just better than yeah, we are. And we, get, and we got in this trap. They got, They brought guys in the box, and we tried to throw down. Fields. And that's why it's I'm saying.
0: Strange. We, strange. I, I, I saw on one specific drive, I saw we had had success. I, I believe we were, it was late in the second quarter. We had had success running the ball already. Okay. And on one specific drive, we ran the ball twice in a row with Nick Chubb, and he got stuffed. Okay. And I mean, not stuffed. He it was it was third and six, third and seven, and we tried to throw the ball downfield. And I'm I'm just sitting there thinking, why why are you going away? And it wasn't even out of a play action.
1: Yeah, and that's the big part. At least run the play action. I, it,
0: At least run the play action. Baker's stats show, in his most successful year, he was uh, a top four quarterback. When you run play action.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Chubb and hunt are both threats when they're on the field to pick up a first down, to run for 10 yards, 15, 20 yards. They're both a threat every single time they touch the football to do that. So. Even Why not when use they get that?
0: stuffed on first and second down, you give them the ball on third down, and they're probably going to
1: pick up that seven. Yeah, make their linebackers, make their safeties be honest every single up. play. I would run play-action pass 50 times, a game 50 times a game if you're going to throw 50 balls. I would, I would never be in a shotgun with no backs in the backfield, ever, I ever. Had, Why do that with, with guys like that who are a threat every single time? I was having a conversation
0: the other day with Zan, okay, who is my brother. He, and he'll be on the show at
1: some point. He will. He'll and, be, and wow. You'll,
0: yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll get a, an interesting perspective from him. Um, he is, till death, Browns Super Bowl or bust. He was almost sick yesterday <laughs> during this game. I thought he was going to be physically ill. He, we ha- we're having a conversation, and we joke around a lot. And we get overly dramatic and, you know, the whole deal. But we were talking about the Browns run game. And I I remember saying, I I, I don't care if we run the ball 50 times in the first half. Because in the second half, that opens up everything. That opens up everything. You have two of the best running backs in the NFL. If you run the ball 50 times in the first half, you're going to run for 150 yards. They can't stop you. Even if they do stop you, that still opens up the field in the second half, and that sounds that's dramatic. I get it, but at the same time, is it? <laughs> I think it's real. And I think. I mean, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I, I think that the was- success in the first half is is the defense keeping them to to a, a a certain amount of points, right? Success in the first half is defensive stops, in my eyes. Okay, success in the second half is when. Your offense is opened up because of your game plan. Yeah, it's adjustments. That's
1: right. Listen, I think all the rhetoric going into the game was Cleveland's going to run the ball. Cleveland's going to run the ball. And I think Baltimore did things defensively, schemed defensively to stop the run and the short passing game. And they still didn't. They tried to make it as uncomfortable as possible. So when they made those defensive adjustments and the alignments they set up with, I think our offensive coaching staff – went with, hey, here's what the defense is going to give us instead of we're going to impose our will on you. And in the NFL, the teams that can impose their will on you win. <laughs> it's that simple. Guess what? We knew the reigning MVP of the league was going to come out and try to throw downfield and then take off and run out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He did that. He imposed his will on us and they won. We knew they were going to do it. Did we stop it? No, because they just said we're doing it anyway. Try to stop us. So we need to do the same thing with our running game. We could have one of the best running games in the league. We have the personnel to do it. We're going to impose our will on you and eat up eight, nine minute drives. It doesn't matter. Egos throwing downfield to wide receivers are only going to make a couple catches a game anyway. Again, that should all go out the window. It's a team. If you want to win, here's what we have to do to win. And that's what we should do. Go to our strengths and try to try to force 10 targets to a wide receiver who's only going to catch a couple of balls. That makes no sense to waste those plays when Nick Chubb, who's averaging 10 yards a carry for six, eight yards a carry for the game, whatever it was, is not getting those touches on those 10 plays. I'll give you another great example.
0: Um, a team last year in the Tennessee Titans. Okay, obviously Todd Gurley or uh I'm sorry. Um What's his name?
1: Yeah, the running the running back that ran all over us. We don't
0: care who he is. Unbelievable. Derrick Henry. <laughs> my goodness. He came out last year, imposed his will. Is it. coaches handed him the ball and he ran through people. And, and We have and a guy who can do that too. We have two guys that can do that. Yes. They're not Obviously, Derrick Henry is is a Bo Jackson prototype, but there are two guys that are gonna are, are are gonna give you the hundred yard effort, at least.
1: All right, we got to move on to defense now. <sighs> do we? We do. Okay, listen. Here's a deal. We'll just make it short and sweet. Yeah, our defense was terrible. Well, let's go through. All okay, right.
0: defensive line. How many times did they get to the quarterback? Twice. <laughs> we'll just throw that one out there. And who and that's okay. who, who got Listen, to the quarterback? Was who was it
1: that got to the quarterback?
0: It was a what? Fourth string corner who yeah, was playing Crawford. our nickel.
1: Crawford. <laughs> we got a I corner know. corner got to him once. It was uh, Crawford Crawford got to him once a backup defensive end got to him once. Weird. So yeah, it's just odd. So our our defensive line um I got a great amount a pretty a- low grade right now especially against the run, uh, especially against containing uh, Lamar Jackson, keep him in the pocket. We didn't do very well. Not that there's many teams out there who will do well. He's the, like I said, he's the league MVP from last year. It's not like, it's not like it's a surprise that he did what he did. Um, And by the
0: way, by the way, let's just, let's just get this out there right now. I am not by any stretch of the imagination a Ravens fan. Lamar Jackson is a legitimate NFL quarterback.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, realistically, the guy's going to run for 100 yards against you, but he's going to throw for 400 yards against you. Sure, sure.
1: And he didn't need to do that much against the Browns because we did not play well.
0: He stood in the pocket. We tried to keep contain instead of rushing. Yeah. Okay. And he took advantage downfield. He had, every time he dropped back, he had a tight end open across the field.
1: Yeah, I mean, so our defense, we talked about this in our our preseason show here, right? We talked about this leading up. Our defensive backfield was suspect. I agree, Williams is hurt. Again, our, our talk was about, can the corner stay healthy? Evidently, they no, they, they can't stay healthy. Can our safeties? No, they can't stay healthy. So our whole defensive, we have a starting safety, two starting safeties out. We have a corner starting corner out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a bunch of bag. Obviously, we have no depth. Um, we, we signed uh sandejo a veteran safety and, he, and oh what a game goodness. he had okay let's let's go through this one real quick just listen uh, and, and again nothing against the guy plays hard i i he, get it he was all over the field but in a wrong way man. yeah so my they caught goodness. a lot of passes on sandejo yeah yes yesterday uh he was involved he was the lead blocker on the botched that punt. terrible run fake punt that we ran he was the lead blocker who got blown up and then the guy who blew him up caused the fumble so he didn't even throw a block in that um so yeah there was a lot happening with him at safety that you know he is obviously not
0: a zone scheme safety
1: well he obviously
0: i don't know i don't know if he's more equipped for in man coverage but he is not a zone safety. My but goodness, again, he does not play center
1: field. Everyone being healthy and ready to go, he's probably not our starting free safety. No, no. The kid, so, the kid we just got from Jacksonville hopefully will be ready to go Thursday. Yes. Night. And our rookie who's out for the season would have been our other safety. So, right. they, they, Yes. there's – Again, I'm not making excuses, but the guys who are on the field are just not high done. level, high level guys. They're not the, I think, I think Zendaya. Carl Joseph Dejo I think they'll they'll watch film. they'll They'll study. They'll get better. And they're they're veterans. The they're make veterans. They'll they'll make adjustments. They'll do things. But our corners, on the other hand, uh, Denzel
0: Ward. Denzel Ward gave up one play yesterday, and he's he, Denzel Ward is. You're gonna get what you're gonna get from him. He's gonna be a stud if he stays healthy. He gave up one play on a mismatch to a tight end across the middle, uh, man coverage. And other than that, he made all his plays and made a few tackles and he looked great.
1: But across the board, defensively, we left a lot of guys, a lot of blown coverage was a lot of guys open.
0: Terrence Mitchell
1: looked like human garbage. And then, and then let's talk about our linebackers here. Okay. Our linebackers were young to begin with, struggled, definitely struggled a little bit. Uh, a little out of position, didn't get to spots. Uh, I will coverages say coverages blown again. There, again, we had another. Our not so so our young our rookie linebacker is now hurt. Wow, we're from, from what we're waiting still, to hear about.
0: Still waiting to hear. He did. He posted a picture on social media. Of him in an in, in an immobilization
1: cast. So we'll know. see what that means for Thursday night. That's not a good sign. Um, I'm From guessing depleted, he's not play. depleted linebacker core to begin with, and now, and now that. He
0: he was all over the field involved in every play.
1: And again, we have a couple veteran guys who are backups or fill in guys in those spots. Goodson played well. He had nine tackles. Yes. And he'll, and the, he'll continue to play. He'll continue to be a veteran. He's not going to be the out. Outsta- you know, he's not, he's not a great athlete, No, but he's going to, but he's going to, but he's a veteran. He'll try to be in the right position. I think mm-hmm. he'll help the young kids be in better positions. He'll be good in the film room. So there's a lot of that stuff going on. Taki talkie, Taki um, Taki pretty well. Yep. Again, uh, he, he's just another guy. He's
0: not a great athlete. Blown coverages. Right. He's got to. They the got to get better. Tight ends to
1: get better. Tight ends are a mismatch on
0: yeah. Cione, Taki Taki. Well, as, we'll
1: we'll find out. He's got to get better at it. It's his first year on the field, really playing. I mean, he's got to – This is first game action, and that was embarrassing. And let's see what kind of resolve you have to come first, back and not get embarrassed again. First start against an offense like that, though, as, that'll give
0: you a good film to watch.
1: Yep. So that'll,
0: that'll really let you know where you're at. So
1: a lot of point to myself stuff should be happening in the cleveland locker room right now and how can i get better so that leads me to miles garrett all right listen i was not a fan of re-signing miles garrett for 25 million dollars a year i have we've watched him for a few years now um he's not a good run stopper and he is only involved in a handful of plays a game and yes he makes some sacks But those are literally the only plays he shows up for uh, are those plays where he makes those sacks. You could, it's like a dominant move. He'll make on a, on a tackle and just go the rest of the time. He really just doesn't even have anything going on that can even justify $25 million salary. Okay. So that being said, let's just talk about what his production was yesterday. It's going to be short and quick. Miles Garrett made, makes $25 million this year. And in game one against the Ravens, he had one tackle. He was involved in one play. You can say, well, they might be, they double teamed him. Nope. They didn't really double team him much yesterday. Um, they, they helped out a little bit on some pass plays, but really he never, he wasn't a threat. In the game, Uh, the other defensive ends around the league, the Darnolds, the uh, other guys who make $25 million plus, um, those guys are involved in multiple, multiple plays a game. And the worst part for me was after the game, in the interviews, Miles Garrett says, we turned the ball over too much and we had too many blown coverages.
0: That was his response. Not that in a press conference,
1: not that I make $25 million and made no plays whatsoever, no significant attempt to make plays in the he game touched, whatsoever. He touched one ball carrier. Olivier Vernon touched three. And for him to make that statement after the game instead of pointing at himself, the only answer to those questions, Miles Garrett, is. I have to be better. I am the highest paid player on this team. I have to go out and make plays and make things happen. I cannot have one tackle a game and expect us to win. That's the only answer that needs to be said. But, no, he couldn't do that because I think that's, again, this is part of the problem. The Odell's, who didn't even do an interview after the game. The Miles To be
0: fair, I wouldn't allow him to do an interview anyway.
1: Instead of holding themselves accountable – Instead of holding themselves accountable, they want to hold the team accountable.
0: And that's, you know what? I I get it. That's the company line, right? We, we,
1: we. Okay. I don't know. Baker Mayfield said, I got to be better. See, Baker Mayfield didn't hold the company line on that. He said, I got to be better. Here's the issue. Here's the issue. The we
0: narrative only works when things are going well, because you don't want to take all the credit, right? you You're a team guy, this is a wee 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 we're we're doing well, we're winning games we're but see when you lose, that's time to reflect on your individual performance. This is not a team loss this is an individual loss by probably what what how many guys played do you think twenty eight twenty nine guys probably got in the game yeah so each each one of those twenty nine guys played poorly enough for us to get beat up, right
1: so here's what I'm going to say, Cleveland fans, ask the right questions, blame the right people. Okay. So here's what needs to happen. And yeah, Baker Mayfield's handles the ball handles, you know, every offensive snap. He's the one who's going to make the reads. He's got to do all that stuff for his $8 million. Great. I think it's time we have to, we have to make sure that he is held accountable and everyone will, because that's what the media does. They'll go to Baker Mayfield and hold him accountable. But, Let's and hold he'll handle it well. The guys who make all this money on the Cleveland Browns, the big time players, the big name players with all the money, Miles Garrett, Odell Beckham. Let's hold them accountable for what they do in every single game because it's their attitude. It's their performance that could make or break us. And guess what? They broke us yesterday. Those two guys broke us yesterday. They made a lot of money and did nothing. We got nothing for our money. So let's hold them accountable. Let's do the right thing. Stop blaming everybody and let's blame the right people and hold them accountable. So for you to make that kind of money and give that kind of performance and then not to do an interview or do an interview where you talk about how bad the team played. No. Not good enough, Miles Garrett. Not good enough, Odell Beckham. Shame on you guys. You should be better team guys. You make a lot of money. You should be trying to do everything in your power to help this team win, and yesterday you did not do that. So let's hold you guys accountable here.
0: And the grittiest player award goes to Jarvis Landry, by the way, because he still goes out there every play, shuts his mouth, runs his routes, gets hit all the time, never says a word. Blocks. All he does, All he does is hit people in the mouth, catch the ball, <laughs> And get dirty, and, and Odell Beckham. And Odell Beckham throws a fit on the sideline.
1: He doesn't make Odell Beckham money. No, so, but Odell Beckham gets all kind of camera time. Yep, for his two drop passes,
0: incredible. Our, kind of time. our leading receiver couldn't get on the camera.
1: So listen, I yeah, let's just hold him accountable. But uh, okay, so let's go. Let's go on to the bright spots as a team going into Thursday night's game against the Bengals. Okay, not
0: a good Bengals
1: team. No, it's not a good That's Bengals a plus, team. But um, they
0: they did. They looked pretty good yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean they look sharp. They put up seventeen points, but they we didn't. But again, they they weren't playing a, a great defense either. So I mean, it, listen it, again, I, I I'm I'm not going to make excuses for the Browns the way they played. Okay, but listen, here's the deal: if we come out Thursday night and we run the football like we should, and we use play action pass, and we use our tight ends like we all thought we were going to do at the beginning of the season, if we come back and we stick to that game plan, if Miles Garrett and that defense shows up with some energy and some pride, some pride, not ego, pride, some pride to say, I'm an NFL football. I'm not going to be embarrassed again. I will not make only one play in this game. I am going to make a bunch. If you show up like that, if you show up with that kind of energy and that kind of pride, then yeah, you can suddenly turn this thing around and we could go out and beat the Bengals and at least be one and one to start the season and get down, start heading down a good track. Okay, so there is some possible positives that come out of this beating we just took.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, um, for one thing, how we bounce back against a not good team. I mean, let's be real. The Bengals are one of the worst teams in the NFL, regardless of who their quarterback is. But it is going to be – it's going to be (sighs) – the comparisons are going to fly, man. I'll tell you what, the the Joe Bro experience is going to be on full display on Thursday Night Football, and we'll have we'll see. We'll see if yeah, uh, if his eyes pride. are bigger than his stomach. We'll Baker, see what happens.
1: Baker, Cleveland offense, Cleveland defense, Miles Garrett. Beck, you guys come have out with played.
0: You've played these, with some pride. these national TV games. How many did you play last year? Hold My yourselves goodness.
1: accountable. Come out with some pride. Okay, so now that that is over, we just chewed up all of our time. But let's talk about the Indians for a minute. Oh, my god, rough week, That's not rough week. They fall off a cliff. Yeah. Um, we are we went from being one of the best teams in the league to now struggling to make the uh, playoffs. So
0: let's talk about this for a second. Within a week, we went from the four seed and now we are in the eight seed with really honestly, I don't think there's anybody that can catch us for the eight seed.
1: I, um, I think uh, if we think keep losing, I wouldn't. <laughs> I next, would not say that. The next team for the eight seed
0: is what six games back from us, and we have thirteen to play, so it's going to be tough for them to make up that ground, unless we continue to lose. We've lost six in a row. Uh, got swept by the Twins, which is absolutely insane. We we came into last week tied for first, and actually at one point we were in first place, sole possession of first place with the Twins in third in the division, and here we are in third place with the eighth seed, and we're not catching the White Sox.
1: No, and the Twins are rolling because they played us, and the White Sox are rolling because they're beating everybody else and scoring a lot of
0: runs. The White Sox are destroying people. The Twins got healthy against us. So let's,
1: Uh, let's talk about what our problems are. Okay, so again, offensively, we're miserable. I mean, we literally are miserable offensively. Even our timing offensively when we do score runs is not good. We don't have good timing even with our. So we have in a a tight game with runners on base. We're terrible. We are a terrible team driving in runs. Late in games, when we're behind, we have a tendency to drive in some runs. We have a sense of this urgency and we drive in some runs but in a tight game we just don't get it done. There's no there's no momentum shift. No. We just we we score a run and then we leave two guys
0: on base and it's it's pop up and strike out on a bad pitch and
1: So let's get real here during this last seven games, during this stretch. All right, let's get real here. Our outfield woes continue. Yes, we made a trade. I'm still with well, Naylor. Now, now wait a minute. How many how many starts did Naylor have in those seven games? Uh, I think he only had four. Three or four, yeah. He's platooning now because but let me tell you why he's platooning. He in doesn't the last have, in his last seven games hitting, he's only hitting one eleven. He doesn't have the body of work. I listen, it doesn't he matter. He needs the at bats. He had at bats in San Diego. We're not talking about a kid who came up and is or his first at bats in the league. He had a bunch of at bats in San Diego. This year, he only had, I think, 38. And listen, I'm high on Naylor. I like Naylor. I think he's going to be a great player. I really do. I think he's going to be a good hitter. He swings the bat with authority. He, he has a sense of urgency at the plate. There's some focus there. I think he'll turn it around. I think it'll be okay. But let's, but let's just talk about the data here. Let's talk about it. it's real. For the last seven games, he's hitting 111. All right. That's down from his season batting average of 247, whatever. Yeah. Be, okay. Tyler Nyquin in the last seven games, 158 disappeared Delano de shields 150
0: wow well, he he is what he thought what the we only thought guy in
1: the last seven games and he's only had a couple starts and a cup and, and and pinch hit at bats is mercado who's hitting 235 in those at bats he's up his because he, he was hitting a dismal like 140 mercado is a flash in the pan so I in the even... set in the seven games listen you can say whatever you want but the fact is he's got to be on the field if he's going to hit if he's going to hit two thirty, he he's, he's going to be our yeah. best outfielder. So yeah. that's right, and that's he's, why he's, he's been, been on the. Out. That's Maybe. why he's been out there more is because he's the one hitting. And Luplo's hitting two twenty two, which is about even, but again, that's mostly against just left handed pitchers. So his batting average is coming up slowly, but against just left handers. So he's platooning with Naylor in left field. Okay, so our outfield is we've shown it. We talked about it before here. We know our outfield's not hitting. We have what we have in the outfield. So basically people, fans, you're just going to have to watch the splits here. Whoever the hot bat is in the last five games in the outfield, you got to go with them. It doesn't matter lineup wise. It doesn't matter position wise. Who's where this is going into the playoffs? You got to get someone hot in the outfield or a couple guys hot in the outfield. So if Mercado's the guy right now hot, he's got to be on the field. He's got to be getting swings. He's got to be going, trying to go two for four, one for four, whatever we can get out of our outfield, we'll take right now. I I think they don't pull the trigger fast enough. I think if a left hander starts the game, and you got all your right handed bats in, and they go to the bullpen and bring in the right handers, you bring in the left handed hitters. I, you got to just do what you got to do. I think we've been too slow to make changes in the outfield. I don't care who's starting. You got to get the hot bats in the game, whether you're platooning, whatever it is. Sandy Alomar, put better, put guys in the game faster. All right. To be
0: fair, to be fair, nobody is saying that Sandy Alomar is a great manager. Okay.
1: I think he's done a fantastic job. I think he's done a great job with what he's had.
0: Yes, I agree. But, at the same time, this is his first managerial experience.
1: Yeah, but listen, okay? Francona's not. Uh, it's not like Francona's not there. No, the no, when he's Francona, on the phone every day. They're talking about. He's right. watching every game. He's watching right. film on every game. He's still making the calls for lineups and stuff like that. Sandy's just managing the game itself. And it, quite frankly, I don't know. Francona might be on the phone during the game for all he I know. Maybe he maybe he's
0: been up in the in the owner's box right. during games. So, he, he's there. But I, to be fair. Sandy Alomar just isn't pulling the trigger fast enough.
1: I agree with that. That I agree with. I think he's got I, to pull the trigger quicker. I, I think, think the
0: moment gets too big for him, and that you know what I, I hate to say that because I love Sandy Alomar.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. I, I think, think he's it been might involved be in a lot of games. I think it might be. I just think the problem that Cleveland has had historically, and Francona's is the same way. They're loyal to a fault to some. Wow, players. they're
0: they're old school guys,
1: and in a short season, in a season like this especially it stands out like a sore thumb. If you're too loyal and you leave guys in too long, pitchers, hitters, you got to be willing to make changes. And I'm sorry, I understand you might hurt some feelings on your team and you might have some guys that their kind of makeup as a player is, they need encouragement and they need to know you're behind them and and that's how they're going to deliver. And ultimately they might come back. Well, we don't have enough time to wait for them to do that comeback. In 162-game schedule, you can do that. You can leave a guy out there to bleed for 25 games. And then when he turns it around, pat him on the back and say, great job. If you do that in the shortened season, you're done. You're out of the playoffs. And we have a whole outfield of guys doing that. So right now, if you're swinging the bat and you get a hit, you're in the game. If you don't, go sit down and give the next guy a shot. And that's just how it has to be. And I think we have to manage that way. Um, that being said, I do, we, we ran some numbers here. I uh, just wanted to kind of review them and try to go through why we're such a bad team right now. Why are we falling off the cliff in this last week? Um, well, so now I, I don't,
0: I don't think it's just the last week. I think things are just catching up to no, us. Now. I think,
1: listen, I think it's, our, it's actually gotten worse. Our pitching hasn't
0: week. held out. Oh, uh, that's not true. That is true. That's not true. So we've so, given
1: up more runs
0: this past week than we have the entire season. Uh, no,
1: not really. Because listen, I know we've had our games where we've, where they, we've given up eight runs. And I know we had the one game where a bullpen gave up a bunch. But literally, over the course of the season, we've had already had a few games like that. It wasn't like I, I know we had two of them in this last week. But for the most part, we're losing five to three, you know, four to two, three nothing. You know, those are the, those are the kind of games we're losing. Our bo- so so here's here's the real deal. Here's the real numbers. Okay, so the Indians, as far as runs scored. How many runs we've scored? We've scored 189 runs in 47 games. That's 25th in the league. So there's only five teams in the league worse than us scoring runs. We're a terrible run scoring team. Our batting average, team batting average is 227, folks. I mean, I don't even know where to go with that. 227 is our team batting average, which is, again, 25th. In the league, that's miserable. For five teams to be worse than that, everybody on those, everybody in those front offices are we, getting fired.
0: We <laughs> are okay. We are the worst by far, the worst hitting playoff team, and we're pretty much a lock for the playoffs. This I agree. Point.
1: As far as playoff teams goes, we're going to have the worst offensive stats of any playoff and team. And it's not even to close, playoffs, for sure. Yeah, it's not going to be close. So now, as bad as we are offensively. I mean, really, we're bad. I mean, we we only have two bright spots offensively at this point, maybe three. Jose Ramirez, maybe part time. Good news. Um, He's been up and down a little bit, but Lindor has turned it around. He's starting to hit well. His batting average is rising, OPS right. Everything's rising for him. Still kind of struggling with runners on. Uh, yeah, but with runners on, not really coming through. Not much clutch happening there. Um, and Reyes is. Still, like, flirting with yeah, 300. He's, he's giving us um, everything he's got. I know that he He's not getting the pitches that he was getting before because they're starting to pitch him differently. He's been making some adjustments. So, uh, you know, last couple games, you know, he struggled. But all in all, still having a really good season for us, you know, from the DH spot. But so with all those offensive woes and only a handful of guys uh, really producing offensively for us right now because the Hernandez is – the uh, Nyqu- All these guys who were producing for a little while are dropping off now. Those guys are starting to drop down. Their batting averages are dropping. Everything's dropping. Yeah, they're
0: coming back to earth.
1: So, it, so again, we need those guys to continue to play. Our three big guys, uh, Jose Ramirez, Reyes, uh, Lindor, we need those guys to play well. Minute. We now, have to have those guys play well for us to be even competitive. Can we just talk about Carlos Santana
0: for a minute? <laughs> just listen you get not track you I know track. Let, I know I can't help it Let me finish this and but then this, we'll talk about it This Carlos. is a guy this is a guy that in the past has been the clutch bat the clutch bat in our lineup and now he can't even sniff a ball
1: uh, it, again I I agree with you he's not he, he he has not had a great season and again notoriously so slow starter and in a 60 game season again I think we were way too loyal yeah, we, we, a, he hasn't come off the field. Way too loyal to a guy who I understand his, he had that great on base percentage at the beginning of the season and he was taking a lot of walks, but really can't is not hit and still has not hit. So, yeah, I, I get that. I think Carlos has done interviews where he's called himself out. And that's he fine. Clearly I, said, I, I have need to nothing, hit better. I have
0: nothing against I Carlos, love Carlos Santana.
1: Santana. He's a Cleveland guy. I love him.
0: But he should have been taken out of the lineup a long time ago.
1: Yeah, they needed. To, they're, again, I think that's another case of the we've been too loyal to a guy who's struggled at the plate, quite frankly. And leaving him in the fourth spot has just killed our lineup. At the beginning of the season, it wasn't killing us because at least he was taking walks. He was getting on base. But since then, his on-base percentage has gone down. His batting average hasn't moved much. And now suddenly he's a dead weight in the middle of a lineup and now we're not even getting 17
0: million dollar dead weight
1: now we're not getting to our best hitter because (laughs) carlos is in front of him in the lineup so there's bats we're not even getting to him and now we have reyes who's not a great runner but a good hitter leading off an inning it's weird so why he's still hitting in the four spot i have no idea um again too loyal for too long, should have made a move in the lineup, should have dropped him down in the lineup a while ago um, and moved Reyes up, uh, but again, too loyal. I, I think those are the mistakes we're making is being too loyal to some of these guys. So all that, again, all those offensive woes being said, let's talk about the bright spot here. Let's talk about our pitching staff. So again, we ran some more numbers here. As far as runs allowed, okay, we only score as a team offensively 4.02 runs per game, which is again, 25th in the league in runs scored per game. Just a, a, just a tad over two. And here's the other part runs allowed. We're sitting at 3.36 runs per game, which is number one in the league. We are the best we do not give up runs. Our pitching staff only gives us three point three six runs per game. So we have a run differential of point six four, which is not a great run differential, don't get me wrong, because we don't score enough. No, oh, but it okay. puts us it puts us way above five hundred, which but, we don't deserve to be. But let's put it in perspective. The Dodgers, who are the best team in the league, okay? Their runs per game, five point six three. Okay. And the runs allowed are 3.54, not not much better than ours. Okay, we're a little bit better than them pitching staff-wise runs per game. But their differential is 2.09, two runs a game better than their opponents. We're not even a, we're like a half a run a game better than our opponents. That's that's a big difference. And where you're talking about the best team in baseball is two runs better than their opponents. For you to only be a half, you know, a playoff team is one run better than their opponents. We're not even one run better than our opponents. So we probably don't, you know, 162 game schedule. We probably don't make the playoffs. So, but our pitching staff, let's talk about this, man. So our we talked about our team batting average is 227, 25th in the league. Well, guess what? Our opponent's batting average, because our how good our pitching staff is, is only 222. Our opponent's batting average is only 222. That's how good our pitching staff is. Even as bad as our team hits. Our pitchers hold the other team to a worse batting average than our team every time we play them. That's why we're so good. Runs allowed, 3.36, number one in the league. We're the best. We don't give up runs. We're a good defensive team and a good pitching team. Okay, ERA, 3.24. Team ERA, 3.24. That's number two in the league behind the Dodgers. All right, And not by much. Strikeouts, 474 strikeouts, number one in the league by far. No one's even close walks 116 that's the best in the league no one's even close the next best team i think is la who has 125 walks it's like 10 more walks than us okay up to this point in the season so no one's even close to us and uh opponents batting average like i said 224 or 222 that's crazy it's it's fourth in the league and so like i said we're we're the number one pitching staff in the league Top to bottom, we still are. We have some young guys. We have Plesak and McKenzie, back-to-back starts, struggled a little bit uh, late in the innings when they got to that fourth, fifth inning, that second, third time through the lineup. They struggled a little bit. Teams are making adjustments to the way they're pitching, and now they have to make adjustments. They're the young guys, though. I expect that. The Beavers gave up a home run early to a guy who hasn't hit a home run in three years for Minnesota. For goodness sake, Byron Buxton couldn't hit a home run if you if you lobbed it to him, and he hits a home run off. He of, found two. Yeah, he found back two against games. us. He finds one off a of Bieber, the best pitcher in the league. Great. So I, again, I, I take that with a grain of salt. Bieber came back, struck out what, 10 more after that, whatever it was, and still pitched a great game. But again, we couldn't produce enough runs to help him. It's a shame, though, when a guy like Bieber goes out, gives up a couple runs, and knows he's probably going to lose that game. And I'm not saying the Indians aren't even holding themselves accountable. I know the Santanas, the Lindores, they want to produce. They're want they going to keep playing. They're going to keep playing hard. But I think we need to stop being so loyal with our lineup. I think we need to stop being so mm-hmm. loyal with – move them up and down in the lineup – it's a short season. Let's go. Let's make the moves you have to make to make us the best team we possibly can be going into the playoffs. And let's hope some outfield bats get hot, you know, but our pitching staff again in a playoff series, when you know our pitching staff can keep them from scoring runs, we get some hot bats. We're still okay in the playoffs, even from the eight seed. So, so when you, so when you look at it as a whole, right?
0: The Cleveland Indians organization. They pride themselves on pitching development and a, a, a really solid defensive lineup. We'll go figure. Those are two things that we're doing really well right now. Yeah,
1: we have that.
0: We have that. So the next step is we really got to figure out this this hitting situation.
1: Yeah, I think I and and again we gotta, but-
0: we gotta we gotta we gotta roll out. You know, gosh, we have thirteen games left. We I would love to see us win you know, eight, eight, eight of 13.
1: Yeah. Make the line, in, make the lineup changes, move, yeah. move Reyes up to the number three spot and Jose, the two and let Lindor hit up, whatever you want to do, move Hernandez back down, uh, move Santana down in the lineup, you know, try to surround those guys and whoever gets hot, move them up and down as they get hot. It doesn't matter what your lineup is. These guys are these guys are professionals, man. Just go out and hit. I mean, we we play this like, oh, he feels more comfortable in the five spot. No, he,
0: No. Continuity is him. thrown out the window in a short Let's season. Let's
1: go. Let's go. Let's make the changes we need to make in the game. If they bring in a right handed pitcher, throw our left handed bats Let's at him. Let's, Let's go. Figure let's it go out. quit.
0: Did, you know, if our defense suffers, so be it. We got to hit the ball.
1: If we get through their starter and get into their bullpen, let's make our let's let's do what we have to do. Switch to the right-handed or left-handed hitters depending on who's throwing. Let's go. Let's yeah. do this, man. Can't be
0: afraid to be aggressive.
1: No, it's a short season with thirteen games left. Let's be aggressive. Let's let's help our pitching staff as much as possible instead of being loyal to our hitters. We yeah. got to stop being loyal to our hitters. They're not producing. Let's 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 just do what we have to do to get through these games and score as many runs as possible.
0: Yeah. So, so that all being said, um, man, should we, the, a, should we touch on
1: the, should we touch on the calves for can. a minute? Yeah, Listen. we can. There, there's there's a lot news. of
0: negativity among the Browns and the Indians right now. The Cavs don't really have much going on, but I will say this um, yesterday, Mike D'Antoni um, basically said he wasn't going to resign with the Rockets so
1: oh don't go now wait are you gonna go there i am i'm gonna go there
0: now now listen 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 i'm not saying i'm not saying you hire mike d'antoni okay i'm not saying that
1: what are you you saying saying is
0: when you have a guy like kevin porter jr who you want to be james harden-esque i don't know i i mean maybe you bring in a guy like mike (laughs) d'antoni Also oh, Mike
1: D'Antoni is going to be an assistant coach. Maybe he
0: could have a hand in 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 the development of Kevin Porter Jr. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe he wants to dabble in the the special assistant kind of you know. I don't yeah, know. Listen, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Just I
1: throw, think uh, again. you heard
0: it here first. Mike D'Antoni, <laughs> the next head coach
1: of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know. I'm All right. So now that Br- now that Brett's fantasy is over. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, but again, uh, here's the thing. It, we know the Cavs are kind of in flux. They're going to have, they they have this mini camp coming up where they, you know, they're going to get to work out together as a team. Uh, again, some of the veterans are not going to be there. Um, there's a lot of free agent questions out there. There's a lot of talk about re-signing Tristan Thompson. I'm not in agreement with that. I think that would be a money strain uh, for a.
0: Yeah, that's. That's just counterproductive. For a guy it's
1: not gonna help us win in the long run.
0: No, we're you gotta build. It's it's not time to go backwards. And
1: I, and don't get me wrong, I think he's a good team leader. Yeah, I really do. I think he's a good guy in the in the in the clubhouse, but you if you're gonna move forward with this team, you've gotta have a different Kind of attitude, a different kind of who has the ball in their hands, who's going to start taking over kind of thing. And again, you have the Porter Juniors. If you're going to bring it, you whatever you want to do trade wise or this with this first pick, those are the guys that are going to be the guys that take you into the future. The Kevin Loves, the Drummonds, they're your right now. They're your guys who are going to hold you down right now and and that you know what you're going to get from them. But you got to build the pieces around them to win. And those are the pieces of the future. And it's just it it's a timing
0: issue. I mean, when, when you're in the middle of a rebuild, expiring contracts, you just let them go. Yeah. You know, it's not it, it's not anything against him. It's nothing personal. It's just the timing of the thing. His contract is expired. But it's we'll just, see again. It's
1: time to move on. A lot of rumors, a lot of rumors out there. Um, we'll see what happens, what news comes out of these mini camps, uh, what kind of what kind of offense that looks like they're going
0: to try to build and um, who knows who knows maybe something comes out of there that can distract us from our miserable <laughs> browns and indians news <laughs> who knows
1: again listen cleveland we've been here before every uh, year we know we know the downside of cleveland sports sometimes and this was a bad week and a bad really bad weekend
0: and we're still waiting on that upside
1: B- right it, but it, it's but okay there's nowhere to go but up from here there's nowhere to go from up from here. The Browns could – listen, I guess they could play just we're as not, a, but They could, but we're not, but not sinking the boat. To. I don't think – I think they're going to come back. I think there's some fortitude there. I hope the players who make all the money get held accountable and the coaching staff does the right thing. I hope that's what happens. The Indians – Stop being so loyal to hitters who aren't hitting. Let's Be more aggressive. Go. Let's go. you got an opportunity with this pitching staff to do something right now. Right now. Listen, we were upset you didn't bring up some of the young guys to let them give them at-bats and let them see what they could do in the, on the big field. without With your bats not hitting, who, bring them up. Who cares? Bring them up. Let, give them a couple games. Let's go. If Jose's got a hurt hand, let's bring up Nolan Jones and let him hit. Because it looks
0: like it looks to me like we are making the playoffs. We are the eight seed. Whether we play well or not, I think we're the eighth seed. But, so that tells me if Jose needs a rest, you give him a rest going into the playoffs, man. Yeah. Give some of these guys at bats.
1: So I, I, think there's, I think there's, again, I think there's a loyalty issue happening with the Indians. And, I, and again, I'm not against being loyal to players, but in the short season, I think there's such a thing as too much. Loyalty to a
0: player and service time manipulation is not a thing when you have 13 games left.
1: Yeah, so it's time to That's let's go. Let's go. Let's see what you can do. Let's shake it up a little bit. And, and let's God see forbid, you
0: can God forbid, we have to add anyone, the Nolan uh, Nolan Jones
1: to the 40 man. Yes, and you have to DFA Delino De Shields. <laughs> and here's the thing, my goodness, shaking up your lineup, shaking up your batting order for the Indians is not going to uh, w- what's going to make us hit worse. No, 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 No. you can't make us
0: hit worse. And even if you have to DFA a guy like Delano DeShields, what do you lose? Oscar Mercado is now hitting better. So he's gonna be in center field. If you if you need speed, well guess what? Bradley Zimmer's waiting to come back up.
1: Yeah, exactly. He
0: can't hit worse than one eleven. Combined <laughs> Oscar Mercado and Bradley Zimmer are better than Delano de Shields. Yes. So that's not a yeah, bad I, move. I'd rather
1: platoon them righty lefty. There you go. And stick with a guy who's not gonna hit. There it is. So okay, guys. Um yeah, I don't know what else we could do. Sorry to ruin your Monday.
0: We're gonna <laughs> keep all those bad news. We're oh. keeping this thing afloat. It's it's a process We're hoping for better things this week 13 games left for the indians way too many games left for the browns
1: <laughs> <laughs> no listen they're gonna turn this around gonna, today yeah, against the Bengals. they're gonna be fine they're gonna turn this around i they're know we be okay we yeah. get
0: we get healthy against the Bengals. uh hopefully don't give up hope but we'll see we'll see what happens i i'm gonna stay positive until i'm not positive and then I'm going to get positive again what does that mean? I don't know. We're what just does that mean. We're going to keep rolling. We're Going to keep it rolling. So yeah, thanks for joining us today. Um <sighs> <laughs> It's okay. I don't know what to tell you.
1: Hey, listen Browns fan. It's okay. I Cleveland love Cleveland. Fans. It's okay. I love Cleveland. That's that's why I feel We love this them. Way. the reason you feel so bad is cuz you're a good fan. If you woke up today thinking I'm rooting for somebody else now I'm not I'm not going to be miserable like this anymore. You're not a fan. No, no. You're not a fan. Not. There's no true Cleveland fan. The reason fan you feel bad to today, today is because you care. You care. That's why you feel bad today, and that's okay. Yep. That's good. We like fans like that.
0: That's all right. So, yeah, we'll wrap it up for today. Thanks for joining us. Um, and as always, Cleveland, don't mess it up.
1: Live and die with Cleveland, folks.